Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to share a little bit, a little bit tonight. I'm not going to make it uh, a long one, uh, but like I said, we just wanted to have a little bit of fun and have some, have some family time and uh, just get to know interesting facts about people like who has the most tattoos. <laughs> yeah, we learned something about Carissa tonight. <laughs> See, it was, it was all worth it. <clears throat> but um, tonight I'm going to be um, talking about Jesus. Shocking, I know. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Jesus, but I'm going to be uh, talking about paid in full is the, uh, the title of the message for tonight, what I'm going to be sharing, and that will, that will make sense uh, as the message goes on as we come around towards the end of the message, but um, I, uh, I want to start with uh, a vision that I had in, in prayer uh, this week, just hanging out with Jesus. How many people like hanging out with Jesus? How many people know Jesus is still on the throne? That God is still good? That he's still madly in love with his people? He's still in the business of doing good things? Come on. You know, I'm going to pause and just let you know, next weekend, next Saturday, I'm super excited because we just decided, you know, Thanksgiving week, we're going to do the whole service next week. We're going to have uh, worship. And then we're just going to have testimonies for the entire service. <laughs> and uh, how many people know that testimonies release more testimonies? Yeah. That breakthrough releases more breakthrough, that his goodness multiplies itself when we give thanks for it. And I just feel like God is going to break out in crazy ways next week. So we're just going to, from the last three years, um, the, just what God's been doing, and I mean crazy stuff, and we're going to have people come up and share uh, their personal testimonies, atheists getting saved, and people getting healed of um, uh, uh, terminal uh, allergies, food allergies, all kinds of stuff, life-threatening food allergies, all kinds of stuff. So it's going to be a blast. I'm excited. You should be there. My... Uh, Am I doing something wrong with the mic here? But tonight, I'm talking about paid in full. And uh, I, had a, I had a vision. I was hanging out with Jesus, just having a, a sweet time with God. And I don't know if you, um, you know those breakthrough moments that you have. You're in prayer, and, and you, were, you were in prayer, but you go from the motion of prayer to the pocket of prayer. You go from the outer court to the inner court. That you enter into that, that secret place of communion with God. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And uh, you're, not just, you're not just saying words. You're not just doing repetition. You're not just, uh, you have your, your list of, of uh, needs out. But actually something, that breakthrough moment when you come into the, the awareness of his presence and his goodness and his nearness. No one knows what I'm talking about. Okay, well, I think I'm going to change my message. I might need to back this up a little bit. <clears throat> Apparently, I'm going to be teaching on prayer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> just humor me. How many people know what I'm talking about? 
<clears throat> the sweet spot with God. You know, you shouldn't have to get your arm twisted for an amen on that one. The sweet spot, the secret place with God. And, and in fact, two weeks ago, I, I preached on the secret place and being pickled in the presence of God. Uh, but I was, I was in this place, and I was praying, I was hanging out with God, and it was good, and all of a sudden, this, this breakthrough, I, I could just feel it, and I came into this sweet spot with God, but instantly this time, it doesn't happen like this all the time, but instantly I was in this picture, I was in this vision with God, and I'm sitting in a boat with Jesus. And I knew it was, I knew it was the boat um, where Jesus just cal calmed the storm. It was akin to that scene, but it was just Jesus and myself, and actually out of the corner of my eye, I could still see a storm off in the distance, but we were on clear, uh, calm water, clear sky, beautiful, and I was in this boat with Jesus, and it was perfect peace, because he is perfect peace. And I'm in this boat, and it's just Jesus there, and me, and, and I could see the, the shore off in the distance where we were headed, and I, I just made this statement to Jesus, and I said, Jesus, where are we headed? And Jesus said, revival. <laughs> he like, he's towards the shore, he just swept, we're headed towards revival, and it, as he said that, we instantly arrived at the shore. But what was unique to me about, about this was my response to, to that, to his response about revival. We ended up at the shore, and it was, it wasn't a, it didn't catch me off guard fully, but it did a little bit, and I was, I, I was surprised at myself, because I was like, oh, right, revival, because I realized in myself, I was like, oh, of course we're going to revival, because you haven't changed direction, you haven't changed course, you haven't changed vision, we're still going to where you said we were going all along. And even though you just came through a storm, the course and the direction is still the same. How many people know that, that Jesus doesn't get thrown off course just because of a storm? That, that the storm, it might be chaotic for us, it might be fear-inducing for us. We might feel out of control. We might feel lost, but guess what? Jesus isn't lost. And in fact, Jesus is above the storm, and his direction and his purpose and his vision is still the same. And he said, we're going to revival. And I said, oh, right, of course. <laughs> Silly question. We're going where we've always been going. And you know, it's not a surprise, it's been a little bit of a, of a crazy season. Tumultuous, there's been instability, there's storms going on, but Jesus hasn't lost direction. Jesus hasn't lost focus. And I actually want to read that passage to you. So if you got your Bible, open to John chapter 6, and then we're going to go on. In John 6, verse 15, 
Now, I had, I had this, this picture, this vision in prayer, but this is the biblical story that that picture was, was based on. And the context is that Jesus just finished feeding the 5,000 from two fish and five loaves, and he feeds the 5,000, and there's so much food left over that they collect 12 baskets full. And then he sends his disciples off, and they get in the boat. Now, Jesus just performs this mighty miracle, feeding 5,000 men. That doesn't count the women and children. 5,000 men from a few loaves and a few fish is a mighty miracle. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> and because of that, they wanted to take Jesus by force and make him king. And that's where we're jumping in, in verse 15. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over, over the sea towards Capernaum, and it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then, then the sea arose because of great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Isn't that amazing that if we read it too fast, we could skip over the point that once Jesus got in the boat, they immediately arrived at their destination. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's a really good reason to have Jesus in your boat. Amen? <laughs> that in the midst of this storm and tempest, and they think that they, they, may, they might drown, Jesus comes walking on the water. Now, I don't know about you, but that might freak some people out. <laughs> they might get the hair on my neck standing up, but they willingly received Jesus into the boat. And when they did, boom, they were at their destination. Now, we also know the story of when Jesus is sleeping in the boat and they're in a storm and he, they wake him up and he speaks peace to the storm to be still and the storm obeys his command. Why? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I feel like Jesus is reminding us that storms don't get him distracted and storms don't get him off course. You know, um, I, uh, it, I asked Jesus the question. I said, Jesus, where are we going? And it was a simple question. It wasn't premeditated. I just, in this picture, I was in the boat with Jesus, and it felt like a natural question. Jesus, where are we going? But I, in reflecting back, I realized that it actually is a powerful question. Jesus, where are we going? You know that sometimes when we feel like we're caught in a storm, we forget to ask Jesus where we're going. You know that one of, the, one of the dynamics of a storm, when you're caught in a storm, is all you can see is what's in front of you. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about heavy rain. I'm talking about you're caught in a, in a, in a, in a hurricane. 
You're caught in a tornado. You're caught in this life-threatening situation, and all you can think about is, is the next 10 seconds. It's about staying alive. Is, is my boat going to get capsized? All you can see is what is in front of you, but guess who's, guess who's not trapped in the storm? Jesus is above the storm, and we might feel like we're losing focus, but guess what? Jesus has never lost focus. That Jesus is still the Prince of Peace. And Jesus, who walks above all the storms, is still going the same direction that we were going before the storm ever came into our world, into our life. And sometimes all we have to do is to remember to ask Jesus, Jesus, where are we going? <laughs> and, and in asking that question, all of a sudden we remind ourselves, oh, right, you do have purpose. You do have direction. You are peace. You are serenity. Oh, you're my Jesus. You're good. And you're stable all the time. Asking Jesus where we're going is a key to recalibrating. How many people know that he's north on our compass? We need to remember to ask Jesus. Although Jesus will step into the storm with us, he's never lost in the storm like us. Thank you, Jesus. Storms aren't a good place to make big decisions. But Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, pulls us out of the storm so we can see clearly and once again can recognize what's on the shore ahead. Thank you, Father. You know, when, um, when I, in this, picture, in this vision, when I appeared in the boat, in the spirit, I, I heard the phrase, it is finished. And again, I knew I felt like I was just coming into, plopping into the middle of a story. Because I could see the storm off in the distance, and I was in this boat. It was perfect peace. It said, it is finished. And I feel like I came into the story, and I felt like that Jesus had just calmed the storm. Or just come through the storm, and I enter in, and in, this, in my spirit, I heard, it is finished. And I knew that... God was talking about the storm. I felt like that. And then we end up on the shores of revival, and that was the end of, of the, the vision. But then I was just praying and meditating with God, but that, that phrase, it is finished, wouldn't leave me. And I was like, God, there's something else that you're saying there. What, do you, what are you saying? What are you, what are you highlighting? What are you, try, what are you trying to communicate? And of course, I, I immediately start thinking about when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And aren't you thankful that Jesus died for us? And when Jesus hung on the cross in John 19, verse 30, it says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Whew, what a powerful moment. Like the moment. When Jesus, the Son of God, who lived a sinless life, 
came and he took sin, our sin, on himself and took it to the cross and nailed it to the cross and he died on our behalf and broke the power of sin, death, on our behalf. And that, that, that powerful moment when Jesus has paid the ultimate price, he's hanging on the cross in that last moment, he takes the, the sour wine that offered him on the end of the stick, and he takes the sour wine, and he makes the statement, it is finished, and he gives up his spirit. How many people know that was a victorious day? Jesus won the keys back that day. The, the devil had to tuck tail and run that day. But something powerful happened that day in that you and I were set free that day. But that, that word, it is finished, and this is what I feel like God is, is reverberating to us in this season. It is finished, and I just want to jump into that for a minute. In the, in the Greek, that, that word finished is tell eho. And it's, and it's the action of accomplishing or fulfilling or finishing something. Obviously, we would know that. But the beginning of the word tell is where we get telescope. And it actually means the, the extension to the completion of something or, or reaching an aim. Like a telescope, you extend it out until you see what you're aiming at. Until you reach your aim or your goal until it is finished. But here's the thing, this completion of action or accomplishment, the word can actually also be translated and is translated other places in the Bible as paid. It has been paid. The transaction has been finished and it has been paid in full. Somebody say, paid in full. Because there's something powerful that happens when something is paid in full. Transition of ownership happens. When you, when you purchase something, when it's paid in full, listen, you know, there's layaway programs, right? Or you pay a little bit at a time. But guess what? It's not yours until it's paid in full. And you can go and look at it. You can maybe touch it. You can, but you can't leave the store with it. You can't decide what you get to do with it, when you get to do it. Like, you don't have control over it because it's not paid in full. When Jesus died on the cross, he literally is saying to you and I, it's paid in full. And in that, he's saying, there's been a transference of ownership out of darkness into marvelous light, out of chains into glorious freedom. There's been a transference of ownership. You know, what's unique, you know, when God says it is finished in our, in our, in our English, our understanding of finished means it's done, maybe even the end of the story, but how many people know that when God said it is finished, the world didn't end? 
Because he wasn't talking about the end of the story. He was talking about transference of ownership. What he came to do, what he, the transaction that he came to fulfill is now paid in full. But there's, there's something else beautiful here that, that when, when you purchase something doesn't mean that it's the end. Sometimes it's the beginning. And, you know, when we moved to Austin three years ago, we bought a, we bought a brand new home. It was a new build. And it was, it was brand new. No one lived in it. We waited for them to finish it. So we bought this, this brand new build. And, you know, we bought it when it was finished. But how many people know that it was, it was structurally finished, but we had a lot more vision for it? Like, it was just sparse, right? They used the basic paint, and, I mean, it was so new that the lawn had the little squares where they laid the, the turf, you know? Like, it hadn't even grown in all the way. They, you know, there's one twig of a tree in the backyard and nothing else, you know? So, in one sense, it's a blank canvas. And now what gets to come? The fulfilling of the vision. You know, my, my wife is great at design, and she has an eye for, for those type of things, and sometimes she can see things I can't see. And she's like, you know what we can do here? And she can see it all, and we're going to have this, and it's going to look like this, and it's going to, and I'm like, ah, oh, I just see four walls and, and a window, and, and she has vision. That's why she's designing the church, not me, <laughs> the new church. <clears throat> <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> but when we, when we purchased the house is when the vision got to begin. And we got to move into fulfilling the promise, and we've done all kinds of things, and we've, we've planted trees and flowers and bushes, and we've built privacy screens, and we, you know, flower beds, and we got a little a vegetable garden that nothing's happening in yet, but we got a little plot for that. And so we've done things. We're, we're moving in to fulfill the vision. But guess what? The vision, you can't move into the vision until it's been paid in full, until it's been purchased. Amen. How many people know that they wouldn't take kindly to the house that I want to buy that if the owners show up and I'm back there planting trees in the backyard? Or I'm painting walls. Why? Because I haven't taken possession yet. But once I do, the outcome of that thing or that place, or in this case, person, becomes becomes the desire and the dream of the one, of the owner. Oh. Do you know that you've been pulled out of darkness? And you've been put into his marvelous, glorious light. You've been given new life. You've been given a new beginning. There's a flip side to selling a house. If, you're, if you own a house that you want to sell, oftentimes you do everything you can to get it pretty and perfect and beautiful and 
A lot of times you'll put a lot of work in it to sell it. You put more work into selling it than you did when you lived there. And then you turn around and you go like, why didn't I do that when I lived here? This looks so great and everything's painted new and you put new flowers up front and whatever. And you're like, well, why did I wait so long to do this? <laughs> but you're trying to get it ready to sell. <clears throat> but guess what? Jesus has already bought you. And the mistake that a lot of us make is we still think that we're on the auctioning block. We still think that we're trying to convince Jesus that we're worth the purchase. That we, that we think that we need to get dolled up and all pretty and the flowers and the new paint and we got to get it all together. That we're trying to convince someone that we're worthy of purchase. Guess what? To you, he says, it's paid in full. It's finished. It's already done. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to get it all together. We don't have to get dolled up. We don't have to get painted up. We don't have to do superficial anything to get Jesus to do what he's already done. Now, here's the thing, that we can't move into the vision phase until we've accepted the purchase phase. And there's people in the room that you have promise hanging over your life, that God is inviting you to move into, and he's been inviting you to move into. And I feel like I'm speaking prophetically to some people right now that there's people that have vision on your life that God's been speaking to you for years in some cases, maybe decades in other cases, and you haven't quite seemed to be able to take possession of the vision, but the problem is you haven't accepted the purchase. If you're not convinced that you've already been purchased, if you're not convinced you've already been paid for, then you could trick yourself to tell yourself, I gotta get, I gotta get dolled up, I gotta get it together, I gotta get pretty. Yes, yes, there's a promise, but I'm not sure I've been purchased yet. There's potential buyers out there. Jesus keeps doing a drive-by. I'm not sure if he's interested. Maybe if I plant some more flowers. Jesus isn't considering purchasing you. He did it 2,000 years ago. And I've got better news for you. He didn't put you on a layaway plan. Come on, aren't you glad he didn't say, it's been paid in part, <laughs> and I'll be back. Give me a couple weeks. No, he didn't say it's been paid in part. He says it's been paid in full. It is, it is finished. Now, the what... Now, when Jesus takes possession of you, the way that when we purchase the house now, 
we get to go to work making it beautiful. We get to fill, we get to go into fulfilling the vision and the purpose. Listen, the purchase isn't the end. The purchase is the beginning. How many people know that Jesus doesn't possess things that he doesn't make beautiful? Jesus doesn't have ugly things. If he has you, he's got a plan for you. And if he has you, he's got a plan to make you beautiful and glorious and wonderful. He's got a plan to make you so glorious that the rest of the world gets jealous for him because of you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And if you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. I don't have it all figured together. Guess what? <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> but that's what Jesus does with what he's purchased. The process of being made beautiful can happen. Thank you, Father. Once you know you have been purchased is when you can move into storm calming peace. Once you know that you've been purchased. Why? What does that mean? Because I know who my owner is. <laughs> I know who my king is. I know who holds my deed. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I know who has rights to me. I know who's deciding what happens to my future. I know who's ordering my steps. I know who has a plan for me and a future for me and a hope for me and a calling for me. And guess what? It's not the world. And it's definitely not the enemy. So when the enemy comes knocking, I just start laughing. Oh, they didn't get it. Come on. When the enemy comes knocking, you just start laughing. Because you know, you've convinced yourself, you understand, you've caught it. You don't own me anymore. And when the enemy starts telling you, I'm going to do this to you, and this is going to happen to you, you're like, ha ha, nice try. You don't order my steps anymore. I now have a good father who is in charge, who he's on the throne. Listen, when the enemy starts to stir up storms. Has anyone been in a storm any time in the last eight months? It was a joke. Anyway, listen, when the enemy kicks up storms, you know you are no longer subject to the storm. When you know who owns you is when you're rooted in peace, even the type of peace that calms the storm. Oh, the world's going crazy. Oh, it's a good thing I'm not part of the world. <laughs> the world has never been this crazy before, which isn't true, by the way. But oh, the world's never been this crazy. It's a good thing I'm not of the world. <laughs> You're in this tornado, I'm over here in peace. Hanging out in the fishing boat with Jesus. <laughs> the good news is there's plenty of room in our, in our peace boat. 
you're over here in the store. I'm listening. You can jump in over here. You have, you have the type of peace that redefines normal. You have peace where people look at you and go, what is it that you have that I don't? I know I need whatever that is. That got quiet. That got too quiet. That's a good moment to give some praise to Jesus right there. You don't sound convinced that you've been purchased by the Prince of Peace, by the Victorious One, that you, that you have a good Father that has a good plan for you. Because when we're convinced is when we have peace that the world looks at and goes, what is it? What is it that you have that's different? I'm over here in the spin cycle. I'm over here in the tornado. I'm over here caught up in all the chaos and the worry of the world. And you, you seem like you're not affected by that at all. How is that? Oh, it's simple. I have a different owner. <laughs> I've been purchased by the blood of the one who is the Prince of Peace. I now have a father, not of, no longer of chaos, but a father of peace who orders my steps. <laughs> You're worried about the outcome, but I've read the end of the book. <clears throat> you might be worried about retirement. I'm worried about heaven. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> when, you know, when you know that it's been paid in full, when you know that you've been purchased, it changes everything. Can I go ahead and get the, get the team up here? <clears throat> it changes everything. You can, only, you can only move towards your promise when you accept your purchase. I want to ask you tonight, <clears throat> do, you have, do you have peace that calms internal storms? Because when you have peace that calms internal storms, then you can have peace that calms external storms. And when you have peace that calms external storms, people begin to take notice. People want to know what it is that you have. People want to know who it is that you have. Or maybe more accurate, who it is that has you. Because it's not the same one that has them. <laughs> I want to ask you, not, not do you know that you've been purchased, but do you know that you know you've been purchased? Do you feel like you've been purchased? Because 
Jesus is a gentleman. And he made the purchase of your plot, your home. He made the purchase. But if you don't know that he has permission to come in and start the beautification process, he's going to wait until you willingly invite him in. The question isn't, has he purchased you? He paid the price 2,000 years ago. The question is, like the disciples in the boat, have we willingly let him in? Have we willingly received him as the deed bearer, as the new owner, as the good father? Have we allowed him to take possession Because I tell you what, he's got more than flower beds and rose gardens lined up. <laughs> he's, got, he's got dump trucks of promise at the door waiting to pour out in you and over you and through you. You just need to know that he has rights. you know do you know that you know that you've been purchased we all know it up here we know it it's in Sunday school we know it's the first thing we know it up here but do we know it in here because when we know it in here is when the storms start to cease Jesus paid the price 2,000 years ago, but we have to willingly let him in the boat. There might be some people in this room that you never heard that before. You didn't know that Jesus already paid the price for you. You didn't know that you don't have to be subject to the ways of the world. You don't have to be subject to the storms. You don't have to question the integrity of the one who's ordering your steps, that you can be pulled out of darkness and put into his marvelous light. And he's not a prospective buyer, he already paid. He already bled, he already died, he already took your sin on the cross, it's already done. All you have to say is yes, and Jesus, I want you in my boat. Come, come get in my boat, I accept you. And once he steps in, you'll be amazed at where you end up. It doesn't need to be a 30-year journey, although he'll keep going. You'll be amazed that when Jesus steps in the boat, how you arrive at your destination. I want to ask you this. We're going to pray for, <clears throat> for everyone, but I want to ask this. Is there anyone in the room that you've never asked Jesus into your boat. You didn't know that he's already paid, but now that you know, you want to accept the purchase that he's paid for you. 
Come on, let's just close our eyes. I don't always do it this way, but I just feel like we're supposed to close our eyes. Is there anyone here that, that Jesus, who already is holding the deed, but for maybe for the first time, you feel him knocking on the door right now, speaking to your spirit and your heart, waving the deed, saying, I already purchased you. All you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is open the door and let me in. Is there anyone here that you've never said yes to Jesus before? You've never invited him into, his into your boat. You've never surrendered your life, but you want to. Now's the moment. We're not going to make a big show. It's just about you saying yes to him. But if that's you, I just want you to put your hand up right now. If you want Jesus in your boat, if you've never invited him into your boat before, thank you. I see your hand. Come on, anyone, just wave at me. If I can't see you, just, I want Jesus in my boat. I want Jesus in my boat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you forgive all of our sins. Thank you that you've already paid in full. We're going to have some people pray. Let's all stand up. Can we do that? Just put your hand over your heart. You raise your hand. We're going to pray this with you, and then we're going to have some team connect with you. But let's just, I just feel like we just need to refocus. <laughs> Jesus, where are we going? It starts here. Just say, Jesus, I thank you that it's been paid in full, that you purchased me by your blood, and that you have forgiven me of all of my sin, and you accept me just the way I am, and I choose to accept you as my King and my Lord and my Savior. You're the one that has purchased me, and I say yes to your purchase. And I love you because you first loved me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Sandra, if we can get some team. Get some team up at the front. That'd be great. You just prayed that prayer. There'll be some team members in front of the, the stairs. If you just prayed that, those who raised your hand, just come to these team members in front of the stairs right here, and they would just love to uh, pray with you a bit more and connect with you. Right to my left, your right, there's some team members here. But I want to ask the rest of the room, if you need to know 
need to know at a deeper level that you've been purchased. Just put your hand on your heart. need to know at a deeper level I've been purchased I've been purchased I've been purchased like like so they get so deep so deep so deep that when the enemy comes knocking you start laughing then it gets in so deep that when the storms come that you just breathe out peace then it goes so deep that the rest of the world starts wondering what it is that you have then it doesn't just stay head knowledge, but it becomes heart knowledge. If that's you, just put your hand on your heart. And I say, Jesus, I ask that you would do what human words can't. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to draw hearts deeper into your presence, deeper into your goodness deeper into the awareness that it's been paid in full. I want you to just give Jesus a second. We're going to end with this. But I want you to ask Jesus. Same way I asked Jesus in the boat, God, where are we going? It recalibrates. I want you to ask Jesus this. Jesus, what does it mean for me to be paid for in full? Ask him for yourself right now. Just going to take 10 seconds. Just, Jesus, what does it mean for me? What's it mean for me that I'm paid for in full? What does it mean? What does it mean for my life? What do you want to reveal to me right now, Jesus? What areas of freedom do you have available for me that I haven't apprehended yet because I haven't fully believed that I've already been purchased and I've already been paid for? In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.